Welcome to the Daily Canon Podcast. Hello again, listener, and welcome to episode 283 of the Daily Canon Weekly Podcast. Stephen Bradley here, sitting in for Matthew Wade as, well, as as you might have learned over the last couple of weeks, he's he's used to dealing with you know, a new child, a new, a new mouth in the family. Obviously, we send him all the congratulations in the world. It's just he's getting he's he's struggling to deal with the reality of being now the third most important man in the house. You know, you got the, the the fiance who's clearly head of the house, and now Babby is number two. And every time Matthew Wade hears the hears the phrase "feeding time," he lights up, only to find out that dinner's not for him. So as he adjusts to life being an adult, he we're going to be without him for at least another week. So I'm going to be sitting in, trying to fill his shoes, failing miserably. Joining me to bring the quality up to at least a sufficient level while I trail here in, in his magnificence, is the Swedish president of the Alexander Lacazette fan club, Lana Dawood. Lana, how are you, ma'am? I am great. How can you not be great? It's been a great, you know, okay, I used a lot of great, but, you know, what the hell? It's been a great week. Uh, how can it not be when you're the president of the Lacazette club and he's doing so well? Basically, screw you haters, jump off a cliff, eat dick. Yeah, I, I've had a couple of people uh, either tweet me or text me at the end of last week's podcast for my my negativity, my pessimism about maybe Arsenal not qualifying or at least not beating Sheffield United. Two wins, seven goals, two clean sheets and maybe two of the three or four most impressive performances Arsenal have put together since Mikel Arteta took charge of the club. It's a remarkable turn of form none of us saw this coming and it's come with a change in formation a slight tweak in the way arsenal press and it's it's getting results you know and they're doing it without a couple of key players you know martin odegaard seemingly has tweaked an ankle injury that he picked up on international duty <laughs> pierre emerick Aubameyang has malaria that we we only found out about five minutes before the slavia prague game started and we're like ah that's why he was sweating buckets running up and down the wing against Liverpool. Because he was as sick as a dog. Ah, maybe we were a little bit hasty in, you know, insulting his work rate and saying he was out of form. He was just suffering from a very, very debilitating disease. So, yeah, <laughs> hands up, my bad. Yeah, and anyone who did make a laugh of him on that, yeah, doff your cap and say, thanks for, thanks for trying. You know, there's a lot of us who would still be in our sick bed right now with that. Never mind trying to be a professional athlete. But Lana, I suppose it's a testament to the way they've been playing over the last, you know, couple of weeks. Never mind the Liverpool result. That if you'd said to me before the Slavia Prague game that you're going to have no Kieran Tierney, no Gabriel, no David Luiz, Gab uh, Granite Jacob's going to be playing left back essentially. Danny Ceballos is going to be playing centre midfield, even though he's been awful for a month. No Aubameyang, no Martinelli, no Martin Odegaard. And you're going to win 3-0 away at Sheffield United and 4-0 away at Slavia Prague. What on earth is going on? I would say keep calm and trust Lacazette. Simple as. When, you know, yeah, but it, does, it doesn't have to be rocket science. When, you know, when you, he's needed, he will show up. Uh, unfortunately, people are just too busy, you know, bashing him for whatever thing that they're upset about because their mommy didn't give them enough love when they were killed, you know. So um, I am so happy to see him doing so well, really. 
this is how a proper captain is stepping up being a leader not only for the team but for the kids who are you know thrown into the deep end and forced to basically be grown-ups and we've seen everyone talking about what a huge influence he is outside we've you know seen smith rowe saka Odegaard, all talking about him positively that he is a key player in their lives when it comes you know to doing well on the pitch and what else what else do you want in a captain who's you know lifting you up who is someone you look up to well what you would like is what he did frankly before the game um i if you if you are a your know, regular contributor a regular consumer i should say of content that's on daily cannon's website you'll know that i produce a tactics board a video on arsenal's tactics that they use every game and i started with a five minute eulogy towards alexander lacazette's um symbolism so to speak his gesture at the start of the game because it is one of the most powerful what's the images you will see this year or not not just this year i I genuinely think it's one of the most powerful images of an arsenal player ever like it's up there with thierry Henry in front of the spurs fans with ian wright with his vest off with charlie george on the ground on the ground celebrating after 71 cup final it's up there because Mm -hmm. of the symbolism it is a black man telling a a a team that has a key player suspended because of racism and that has come out and not done anything to you know besmirch that andres cadella's name they've said you know that they're not going to appeal it because they can't and just to kneel in front of them on one knee with the black lives matter sim symbolism that all that comes with it and go fuck all of you fuck every single one of you i am here i am a proud black man and you will not besmirch me or my name just because of my color i dare you i dare you to insult me because of the color of my skin because i'm a better man than you i am a proud man i am a a man of character i'm a man of strong stead and i do not care what anybody around me says thinks or hears i am here and you are not going to besmirch me and it's it's as john amici says the great orator on 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 stuff of this nature it's not good enough to be not racist you have to be anti-racist to deal with this scourge and speak up yeah and slavia prague did their best their absolute best not to speak up they were more than happy to sweep this under the carpet say no more not punish cadella anymore because cadella if you haven't heard, listener, Cadella's offence is absurd. He, against Glenn Kamara, former Arsenal player who now plays for Rangers, he covered his mouth and Glenn Kamara's accusation is that he covered his mouth and called him a fucking insert racial slur here. Andres Cadella's defence, and I, I swear I was making this up because it's so ludicrous and pathetic that I cannot believe that a grown man would think that this is a good thing to say. But Andres Cudela's response, his defense, his alibi, is that he walked over to Glenn Kamara in the middle of a professional game of football, covered his mouth so that nobody could say could see what he was saying, and called Glenn Kamara a fucking guy. A guy. 
and that Glenn Kamara is only accusing him of racism because he's a sore loser. And the UEFA Disciplinary Committee literally looked at him and went, what? That's absurd. That makes no sense. You're literally making, that's the best you could come up with. That's the only word in English you could think of that rhymes with the slur that you used. You're, no, go away from us. Ten matches. Go away. And Glenn Kamara got three-game ban, not for reacting, but for throwing a couple of boxes at him in the tunnel. And it's almost like Lacazette was like, no, 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 that's not good enough. You know, Slavi Prague need to make a statement. You, I'll never call for someone sacking on this, but at least suspend him for more than 10 games, suspend him to the end of the season, suspend him and say, look, this behaviour is not fitting of such a club like Slavia Prague. Like, make the statement. Go out and stand up for every black Czech man. But nope, couldn't do it. Couldn't bring themselves to doing it. Literally, literally said, we, we can't appeal it, so we won't. And so Lacazette kneeled there in front of them and said, right, you won't shut me up. And that picture will live on longer than, I would say, anybody's legacy that is at the Arsenal Club right now. Arteta, Kroenke, anyone. It is the greatest picture in modern history, pretty much. It's up there. Like, like, like there are pictures that will live on in time. Like, me, like Messi, when he's when Barcelona scored the sixth goal against Paris Saint Germain, and he's and he's holding up his shirt in the crowd. And that picture, by the way, is the reason why Neymar is at PSG now because he scored the second, scored the third, won the free kick for the won the penalty for the fourth, scored the fifth, and won the free kick for the sixth. And then everybody's celebrating Messi, and he's like, "Really, I'm off." <laughs> you know, you actually, you, you, you should value, you should, you, know, you should value me, not him. And you know, it, it's pictures like that. It's, it's Gareth Bale ten yards off the sideline scoring in the 2014 Copa del Rey final. Like it's, it's something of that strength where as soon as you see it, you know where you were at that point. It's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer scoring the 99 Champions League final goal. It's of that stature. It's that important, and it's. I'm exceptionally proud to call myself an Arsenal fan and that my captain, the captain of my club, did that. Was was just saying to every racist, fuck you. Not in front of me. Not when I'm fucking here. It was a perfect statement by an exceptional man. I was kind of heartbroken because as he went down, I was like, what is he doing? I legit thought he was about to go and drop kick someone because mm. you couldn't really tell what he was doing as he walked to the center and the Slavia Prague, all white with the exception of one, who mm. you could just see on the body language, his face, that I'm genuinely sorry, basically. I am ashamed to be standing here. They should have, you know, stood up for him mm. to, you know, and he's going to feel... As an outsider, as a person of color myself, I don't look Norwegian. I don't look like a white person. I've never been viewed as one. I'm always asked, where are you from? And I always tell, you know, say that I'm from Oslo uh, whenever I live there. No, no, no. But where are you from? It's like they don't want to ask you where you're originally from because they don't want to insult you. But by asking, where are no, no, but like, where are you from? And I'm like. I'm from this village in Oslo. No, 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 but you know what I mean. And I'm like, yeah. no, but tell me, what do you mean? Please enlighten me. Yeah. Because and you don't like, fit you don't fit their image of a Norwegian. 
mm-hmm. their their so blinkered their blinkered little vision of a, yeah seeing Lacazette it I cried I have no issues admitting that I was so proud that I actually cried and there was like goosebumps because it's such a strong image the fact that you know he probably could have gotten a suspension or a ban from UEFA the club could have you know hit hard mm. down on him yeah. but this is a dialogue we need to continue to have UEFA need to step up they need to punish heavily that one player represents a club then the whole club needs to be punished you know, docking points, taking them out of the Champions League. For Christ's sake, the Champions League literally has a whole fucking campaign no to racism. Mm. Why should you benefit from playing in the top, you know, the biggest competitions in the world when your your club basically endorses racism? Yeah, they yeah. have to hit harder on it. We need, you know, we need more you know, white people coming up. We need to get the conversation start rolling. It it shouldn't be a black man or woman's job to educate people on racism or just like any people of color. We need to, you know, start talking about this in all, you know, shape, forms, colors, whether you're a guy, woman, she, he, them, they, you know, it. this needs to be an open dialogue and people need to understand it in order to, you know, actually be, but I'm not racist. I have black friends. Uh, then why do you feel the need? Why do you feel the need to say that? Mm. The fact that you have black friends literally means nothing. You can still be a piece of shit and be racist. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's what John Amici always says. It's not good enough to be not racist. You have to be anti-racist. Yeah. You know, so when you hear a friend of yours use a racial slur, if you say nothing, you are being racist. Mm-hmm. Because you are not saying anything to call him out or her out and go, excuse me, um, uh, don't say that. That's racist. You know, like that's what it needs. Like we're too, we're too focused right now on blaming Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever your social, your social media fixes or your social media platform is, and say, oh, well, why aren't they doing anything to stop this? The reason they are not doing anything to stop this, and to to paraphrase Michael Jordan, is that racists buy uh, Nike shoes too. You know, like it's money, it's engagement, it's numbers, it's what everything is built upon right now. You know, the more people that listen to this podcast, the more money we make, we make from it. It's as, it's as simple and as blatant as that. And the more people that tweet, the more money that Twitter make. And Twitter are not about to take a good 15 to 20% of their revenue out because they're being racist. They're not. It's as, it, And it's as, it is literally as simple as that. So it's not a tweeting thing; it's an education thing. You know, you know, yeah. chil- and, children and are not unconscious racism. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to look far. Look far. Look at you know, United Kingdom. Look at the way they treated Meghan Markle. Yeah, although United Kingdom is now officially not racist, according to a government review <laughs> that definitely wasn't doctored by Number Ten at all. Oh no! Oh God! No! 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 Definitely not! No. Even though like ten of the people that they quoted weren't actually quoted, like it's such a it's a farce. It is, but but it's gonna unfortunately it's gonna take. You're right. It is not a black person's job to be a racism detector, you know, or be a you know, a radar for racism in a in a in a white in a white world. It's not their job. It's our job as just normal people to not be racist. 
you know, and that'll start it. You know, and that means pointing everything out to your kids. That's racist. That's racist. That's racist. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know, don't cross the road when you see a black man. You know, don't automatically assume that, you know, a black man is stealing a car because it's a nice car. You know, don't automatically assume that a black man has a name that you can't pronounce. Like, it's it's so embedded into our minds that, quote-unquote, they're different, that it's going to take time to literally unwire these these thoughts out of a majority of people's heads that we're just so used to living with because it's rammed down our throats all the time by people it's unconscious bias it's the same as there was the terrorist attack in norway a couple of years ago the first thought that crossed my mind was please don't let it be a muslim i beg you god because i cannot deal with get back to where you come from are you muslim where are you from why do you speak so good Norwegian? But you don't look Norwegian. It's, you know, that relief when you find out, okay, it's actually a white guy. So, you know, you can go one day more safe. It's that fear of actually being able to go home safe. Yeah. And I can't imagine how it must be for other people. You know, not just blacks, but, you know, Asians, Muslims who get the terrorist uh thrown at them whenever there's something going on uh it's hard it's difficult it's the fact that you have to work twice as hard to reach half as far as a white person does Mm. it's about checking your privileges and knowing that you get to walk home safe but a person of color might not yeah and that's why that's why that's why with a person of color that's just you know Go, go ask next time you're with a couple of female friends if you're if, especially if you're a man listening to this ask them how many people they text when they're about to walk home mm-hmm. and, and you're like as a man it would never never in a million years dawn on me that i need to text someone that i'm about to walk home yet i won't say all but a lot of my female friends text someone when they're about to go home and it's like really and, and you were like yeah Stephen. You know, women walking home alone isn't safe. And you're like, Jesus Christ. And as soon as that dawns on you, then the door opens. Then it's like, okay, Jesus, as a white man, I am privileged as fuck. Because I get to walk home safe. Like, it's it's little... Once little things like that open your eyes, trust me, the, the world becomes a far, far bigger place and a, unfortunately a far worse place. But once your eyes are open, you realise how much, especially the white man has contributed to the to basically the the denigration of society where we've put everyone down just so I my little ego can be preserved it's it's shameful frankly yeah you have to admire like i said you have to applaud him for actually standing up and you know the fact that the whole team went down on one knee mm. and they're like well, we stand united as a club we don't care about color yeah here but we it, fight racism it was it was funny that we're seeing the picture. You you can see uh, Granite Shaka and uh, Pablo Maori uh, Maori um, looking over at the bench, going, "He's all right, right?" Like they're they're looking at him. He's not getting in trouble with this, is he? Like he's all right. And apparently Lacazette went to Arteta beforehand and said, "Look, I'm doing this. I'd appreciate it if not that you didn't get in my way, but I'm giving you fair warning. I know I'm wearing the captain's armband. I know I could get the club into a bit of hot water here, 
and if there is a punishment or if there is a fine or that i'm probably it's probably going to go on me and that's fine but i'm doing this anyway does the club have a problem with it and arteta to his credit went nope you're good you know, we've no problem with the message you're now considering arsenal's reticence over the last couple of years about making political ma- uh, messaging clear cough ozil cough um it was a br- it was a nice break it was a, it was a refreshing change to see the club be okay with such a blatant and obvious political message that it was like it, this man was taking it into his own hands and going look arsenal doesn't stand for this literally we 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 don't like this at all we do not like this one bit and we are going to make it perfectly clear in front of you what before we're playing you in front of millions on tv and the fact that Arteta was perfectly okay with that is refreshing and frankly good to see and need we need more of that yeah we need that across you know uh italy has a lot of racism we need more of that we need we need people to speak out especially those who have the privilege to do so without being hurt or you know forced killed so it was i'm happy arteta you know go on make us proud you know yeah give the message that this club doesn't stand for this shit yeah and it's a picture that's been shared so many times literally by so many non-arsenal fans just in general it's you 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 don't need to be a fan of that club to be like shit I would be so proud had that been my, my captain, had that been my club. Just so, you know, good on him. Really good. Yep. So, um, full creds, he capped it off with an equally, you know, excellent game as well after, yeah. you know, scoring two against Sheffield and now the same uh, yesterday. So, absolutely, absolutely. We will move on to the football in a moment listener but first a quick commercial break with a word from one of our sponsors hello everyone Stephen bradley here and i'd like to take this moment to talk to you about anchor if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain number one it's free two there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer it's how i'm editing this pod that you're listening to right now three Anchor would distribute your podcast for you as well, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more platforms. Not only that, but you can make money from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. Fantastic. It's everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. For more details, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M and everything would be in place for you to start your own podcast and make money from there. And now, back to the show. You're welcome back, listener. It's, look, we've spent enough time focusing on Alexander Lacazette's efforts off the pitch. It's time to talk about them on the pitch. Four goals, two games. Arsenal have found this quirky, almost 3-3-4 system going forward at this point with Granit Xhaka playing and not playing left back at the same time it's reminiscent a little bit of what Bayern Munich used to do with Joshua Kimmich who would play left who would play right back and then move into the center except this has got Granit Xhaka moving from left back to center back and Danny Ceballos moving from center mid to left mid 
and then Bukayo Saka going, oh, lovely, I can play wherever the hell I want, happy days. And then against Slavia Prague, they changed it slightly when Smith Rowe comes in and Saka goes right wing where he's a lot more comfortable. Pepe moves over to the left where he looks like he's a decent player. Smith Rowe goes in at number 10 and does exactly what Alexander Lacazette needs, which is run past him every time he has the ball. And suddenly, Arsenal look like a machine again. Can this hold, or have we just seen two games against two rather poor sides? I mean, you should treat each game as a final. Uh, Not that it's helped uh, other teams, because they just, you know, 10 games, 10 finals, went on to lose three and draw two. So don't don't take my advice, but... (sighs) You know, fine, they're good good teams, bad teams, but the way that season has been, I I would take each win equally, you know, joyfully. It doesn't matter whether it's Sheffield or United or Spurs or whoever, because the most important thing is winning every game you can win and get the three points. Literally, it shouldn't matter whether it's, you know, Sheffield or Fulham or because, you know, any team on their day can beat any team in the Premier League. You don't look at Villa. Look at the trashing they get Liverpool. Who would have thought that? And they were what champions for? They literally won that, the that, Champions League and the Premier with, League in the space of two years. Like uh, Liverpool had Van Dijk playing that day. Like we forget that and still lost seven two to Villa. <laughs> you know, like it's it's definitely. I I think the way I've been looking at this is that. Yes, it's Sheffield United and Slavia Prague, but Arsenal can't afford to be picky with wins because mm-hmm. they haven't been as, as forthcoming as we would like them to have been over the season. But if they can keep up this style of play, if they can keep up this this effort and this energy and the movement up front and the passing patterns, then a lot more people will be willing to buy in to the process and trust the process as it's been monitored a million times by now. If it promises football like we saw for half an hour against Slavia Prague on Thursday, because yes, the first goal was you know offside and ruled out, and you know Emil Smith Rowe was a fingernail or a toenail offside, but for half an hour, Arsenal looked like they were going to score with every attack they they made. They were swashbuckling, swathing through the Slavia Prague defence, which up to then. Hadn't conceded a goal at home to Bayer Leverkusen. Hadn't conceded a goal to at home to Leicester. Hadn't conceded a goal at home to Rangers. This is a good side, and Arsenal twice, but more more importantly in the second leg, have made them look bang average. Like this team is about to win the Czech League. They are not mugs, and Arsenal for half an hour, every time it went to Xhaka, it went to Ceballos, it went to Party, it went to Zaka, it went to Smith Rowe, and they were scoring. You know, and it was a well-oiled machine, which yes. was brought, reminded me of the Wenger days, which is high praise. Like, like that, when's the last? Like, never ever watching a United Emery game did I say did I think, oh, this this is like watching a Wenger side. Never once, and that's in, even in the middle of that twenty-two unga- unbeaten games span that he had, and it was glib. Now it's brief glimpses we are not suggesting in the slightest that we are on the return oh no trust me we're like team negative here so don't don't you worry like Wenger ball isn't coming but you could see at least green shoots you could see ah 
this is what he wants to do. Ah, he wants to you know break presses early, get the ball forward as quickly as possible, and then deploy his runners. And it just seems to be a better fit with the talent around him, like than previous plans. It's like the Liverpool game two weeks ago was abject misery. And yes, now we know that Odegaard was hurt and Aubameyang had malaria, but even so, the plan was just to sit back and absorb pressure. And he's like, look at the players you have. They're not built for that. They're not. They're built for quick passing and quick moving. You know, Saka is there to beat players off the dribble and run immediately. Smith Rowe is there to run past a striker and almost with an Aaron Ramsey-esque style of play. Not that he's as good as Ramsey is yet, but if he it turns out to be as good as Aaron Ramsey, happy days. Thanks very much. I'll settle for that right now. Pepe on the left, like Martinelli on the left, a willing runner, just someone to stretch a defence. And then Lacazette in the middle to knit it all together. It's a plan. Will it win the league? No, but it's better than ninth, which is where they are now. Like, it's just a sense of there's something being built, which a month ago, I don't think you could have said. But this is, we've, you know, something I brought up a lot is his lack of plans. And the thing is that, fine, we can see, you can genuinely see what he's trying to, you know, tell you and show you. But it's the fact that he keeps making the same mistakes and playing it safe, which costs him because you cannot afford to play safe, mostly because your team at one point was 11th. And then because your job is at risk and also because, you know, there's pressure from the board, from the fans, especially from the fans, but you need to dare more because as you mentioned, he has some great players. Fine. They might not, you know, walk into most of the teams in Europe, but that could be said about the teams in Europe as well about walking into, you know, Arsenal because everyone is apparently aging and it's all about the kids but my issue here is that sometimes when he shouldn't be scared he is like against liverpool you know had that formation looked other you know different you could bet that those three goals it was like basically arsenal giving them away Mm. because that's not a team if you judge by the way liverpool has played this season that is not a team that should have scored three goals and that's not disrespect. That's just stone cold facts. Because look the way Madrid treated them in the Champions Tw- League twice. Yeah, and fine, Arsenal's not Madrid. But if you set up correctly, you have good players at your disposal. You should be able to create chances and do better than just to sit back and you know soak up the pressure. Because your team isn't built to do that. Mm-hmm. So why are you punishing the players? in that process because that's basically saying okay but i don't trust you to do it otherwise how Mm. can you want how can you want your players to trust you your thought process you know the game plan going forward if you can't trust them back yeah it is called a team for a reason and i think if he doesn't get his shit together on that front that's going to cost him if you know in the long haul if he's lucky enough to stay uh, beyond the season, which we still don't know. You know, anything could happen from now until the summer. You know, you can pull a Juve and sack him mid-season. Even if, even if he wins the Europa League. Yeah, or, you know, p- pull a PSG and sack him on Christmas Eve. Yeah. They're cold-hearted uh, like that. Uh, and look at Tuchel now for Chelsea. 
<laughs> They're well, one game away from the Champions League final. Just mad. Now it's 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 against. Although the Champions League is weird now because it's got Chelsea owned by an oligarch, Manchester City owned by a shake, PSG owned by PSG. another shake, nice. and now we got again against those plucky underdogs, Real Madrid, <laughs> who do things the right way and who aren't backed by a Spanish government or a royal family at all. But as I, I, I suppose my. If you'd said to me this like a couple of weeks ago that Arsenal were going to cruise through a quarterfinal against Slavia Prague, who had beaten Leicester well and held Bayer Leverkusen well and you know beaten Rangers well, Rangers who were you know coasting to the Scottish League, they're a decent side, they're a very well coached side. But Slavia Prague just swatted them away before being utterly racist towards them. But if you told me that that, that Arsenal were going to swat them away in the second leg, uh, away a place where Slavia Prague haven't lost for a year and a half with a back line of Granite Xhaka, Pablo Mari, Rob Holding and Callum Chambers, I would have laughed. Yet they did. Everyone would have. Yeah, but that's the thing. So he's, he's, he's clearly a very good tactical coach. But right now, there's almost too many of these tactics in his head and he doesn't know which are the good ones and which are the bad ones. And He's pulling a Pep Guardiola and overthinking it and changing formations literally 10 minutes ahead of, you know, starting the yeah. time. And then you have the whole squad like, what the fuck? We didn't yeah. trade for this all week. What? And yeah. then you get smacked. Yeah. Which is exactly that, what that's the way it, Yeah, that's the way it felt like literally when last year Lyon and City played. Guardiola. I am not kidding you. The commentator was like, Oh, it looks like he's changed the formation 10 minutes before kickoff. And it felt like, you know, Arteta is a victim of following, you know, the idolo- uh, the uh, philosophy of Wenger and Guardiola and trying to merge it into himself, you know, to his own philosophy. But Would the you- overthinking is going to cost him. Mm. Like, it's not a bad idea in theory, you know, merging one of the most successful managers in the history of football with another manager one of the most successful managers in the history of football and trying to come up with some third way that mixes the two of them but yeah it's clear that like there's there's the stories of, of Arteta with you know pages upon pages on his hotel walls of tactics and the way he thinks he could play or, we, or ways he wanted to play like it, it it wouldn't surprise me if he has thoughts two hours before the game oh I wonder if we could try this but the more he keeps things simple, especially for this team that isn't as talented as, as any Manchester City team he would have had the pleasure of working with while he was under Pep, like this team does need a little bit less of the complicated. Yes, just keep it simple, you know, and let them play. You know, you've got because we've seen how well they do when you just keep it simple. Hmm. Sometimes simple can win you league titles. Yeah. It, 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 it's not rocket science, but it's, I, it's, when I look at him sometimes, you can just like, you know, furring his eyebrows. I'm like, I wonder if he's like thinking as Wenger, Guardiola or himself. Wow, that must be like, it's like when I have six different languages in my head. Okay, which one am I thinking in? Which one am I talking in? Which am I typing in? That could be very exhausting. And it feels the same for him because he, he, he had the pleasure. He had, you know, the honor of working with, two of you know the most successful managers in football history and you know not many people do and then trying to make that your own it must be very challenging for him and pretty exhausting and also coaching a team who's been so dysfunctional who's you know you've had to get rid of so much dead wood 
just that has must have been such a long, exhausting process, you know, getting rid of Uzzel. That that whole process must have been really, really tough on him. And then, okay, now I have to coach them and play the way I want them to play. But I don't know how I want to play because do I listen to Wenger, Arteta, Guardiola? Or who am I? It's like, I think he's, you're right, you need to keep it simple. Mm. Plain as that. And then in the summer, when, you know, you have a proper preseason, you can be more intense. You probably, you know, get in the players you need if Arsenal's willing to, you know, take a gamble and give him a war chest to work with. Uh, Selling those who, you know, can't play, send out people on loan, whatever, and then have a game planned. There's like Arsenal Arsenal could make, like, with COVID being still a, a, a factor i mean it looks like fans are going to be look there were 750 fans at the slavia game on thursday night fans are starting to get let back into you know british stadiums in, in a couple of weeks Ho- you would like to think that hopefully by august september we'll be approaching at least a, a situation where stadiums will be half full and clubs will have a lot of their money back so it might not be too bad but this summer especially is going to be very it there's going to be two loan deals it's going to be loan deals. Well, there's going to be the money that goes for Mbappe, the money that goes for Haaland, and then everything else. You're going to have mm-hmm. two transfer markets. It's going to be whoever those... If Dortmund have money because they sell Haaland, they're going to be buying every young kid under the sun. They're going to be doing what? Any, they're going to be playing football manager, except they're going to have the cheat list of wonder kids, and they're going to go, right, I'm buying him, I'm buying him, I'm buying him, I'm buying him, I'm buying him. And... They're going to be doing that because they've been doing it for years and good Lord is Jude Belling improving them right again. But whoever buys, you know, are PSG going to go out and replace Mbappe? Of course they are. Who's that going to be? God only knows. The early bookies Who could it be? Like, there's literally no up-and-coming French strikers. I mean, fine, it's Rayan Sharky, but the, like, even... You really don't have you 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 know they might go homegrown you know go for Edward maybe they'll you know put money on Griezmann but the whole the whole thing you know the whole vibe of being bringing Griezmann was to have him with Mbappe because mm. you wanted some of the French national team together but now that they've tied down Neymar I think now that you know he's extended his contract they might be open to the idea of letting him go and I don't see Mbappe going anywhere else than Madrid because he genuinely wants to play for Zidane Mm. and if that is the case I think it's a domino effect of Benzema finally coming home as well which he has been flirting about all year it's like there's huge talks about it and Lyon as well the prodigal son returns remember Depay is on a free this summer yeah would he would he want to go to Barcelona I mean, well, if, if they, I'm a player, I would never. Wages, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I would never go there as long as Messi's there, because I can never truly successfully lead the line when you have, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. And is Messi leaving? Where would he go? Would he be reunited with Neymar at PSG, or would he go City? It's my. If I was to, if I was to put money on it, I think Real Madrid sell Mbappe first. They sell, they sell him to Real Madrid. Real Madrid give them basically three players and a few quid. 
they they take Mbappe, they give them Benzema, Odegaard, and 40, 50 million. Benzema would never go there. He's a true Leon, Leon legend. Maybe. He is like Leon through and through. Well, he maybe. can't stop. He can't sh- shut up about us. He literally tweets about us every time they win a game. Yeah. Well, then may- maybe Rodrigo, Odegaard, and 40, 50 million. Yeah. Take, take Mbappe, and then PSG, instead of Haaland going to City, PSG go, right, we'll have the other best young striker in the world. And they go to Haaland, they go, right, we'll pay you 600 grand a week. And but I don't we, think he I, would go to PSG. He'd go if Odegaard was there. Yeah. Go play with your best mate. Makes sense, but I don't know. I don't see uh, the guy fitting in there. That's the thing. If, Especially if, if, if they really decide to focus on youth academies because they're, as you know, a lot of PSG academy players have left over the years. Yeah, yeah. Rabio, you know, uh, Coleman. A lot of them has gone. Uh, Dembele left, went to Celtic, then joined Lyon. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of them and they really haven't given a shit about it, but maybe they will now because you saw how good some of them have been in the Champions League when they've yeah, struggled yeah, yeah. with injuries with COVID. Yeah. So, really? like I said, they, 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 their bench last, their bench against Bayern Munich was Moise Keane and Holy Young Lads. And they came yeah. on, you know, Backer, you know, Diallo. They're all grand, not bad about them. You know, like and then it, you have to think about who impresses at the Euros. Yeah. Which is why if like I said, if Mbappe does play well and, and Real Madrid do find fifty P behind the sofa and can give it to PSG, I can't see PSG not wanting a quote unquote world class star to replace him. Just because mm-hmm. they're Billy Big Balls and they think they're the biggest club or they want to be the biggest club in the world, blah blah blah. Especially if they win the Champions League. If they beat oh, City. Oh God, we will yeah. never hear the end of it. And then Mbappe goes. I hear right, it I enough. Job, good luck. I know, I know, but that, but that would be why Mbappe would go. He's like, right, I've done yeah. everything I wanted here. I'm off. And Sayonara, bitches. And then PSG go, right, no bother. Here, we'll bring in the next lad. Here, Haaland, come here. Here's all the money but you want. Play with Neymar. Do you think Messi would go there? It is do you, Paris. Do you, do you, do you, it's Paris. Do you want to win the Champions League one more time? Here's Haaland and Neymar. Yes, but it's also messy. You know, you can say whatever you want. The name in it. In it's, look at my club. It's being held hostage by I, a fucking 36-year-old. I know. Literally being held hostage. Do you know, know that when he joined, we got worse in the Champions League? He was, The reason we bought him was to win the Champions League, Stephen. The Champions League. What did we do? We went out to Ajax. We went out to Lyon. We went out to Porto. And no disrespect to... He, he, any of them yeah, but, he, he, but we went out to all those three teams it's yeah like no hostage even, even buying Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't guarantee you success like that that's, no, and you're he, not wrong and he's, wrong. Is he, he's hindering Dybala you know you can say a lot about Dybala because I am going to give him the benefit of a doubt having COVID four times in the space of two months can really knock you out especially for an athlete which is more uh prone to recovering slowly than an average person would be because of the way they train there's, there's a lot there's train- a lot of nba there's a lot of nba players right now who've had covid and they're they're all on inhalers mm-hmm. pretty much all of them 
to have I read a research because of the intensity of their training, their mm. lungs are easily more exposed yeah. to COVID and are more likely to be damaged. Mm. Unless you're Zlatan, because, you know, lions don't get COVID or don't, oh. you know, oh, he, nothing get... affects him. Like, like, apart, apart from uh, investing in betting companies. Yeah. But, you know, just uh, it is the fact that uh, I don't know. I think the Euros will decide a lot. But I think if I'm Arsenal, I would get all my ducks in a row before the Euros. I, I think you have to. I think if you're going to be clever with Arsenal's money, I do think you have to wait. I think, I think number one, you have to wait and see what happens with Real Madrid and Odegaard. I think... Isn't do, he like a non non? You know he's, he's a, not he's going not, anywhere. Uh, there's a there's a there's a front page of Marsa, the Spanish sports newspaper, that says that Odegaard is one of Real Madrid's four untouchables. Basically, that they're not selling him, and like I I couldn't blame them. He's going to be special. <laughs> and if I'm Arsenal and I'm looking at him and I'm going, if Real Madrid wants seventy million for him, which they would, I'm like, you, you look at this team, yes. It's just one of Europa League quarterfinal, but it's one of Europa League quarterfinal with Xhaka, Barry, Holding, and Chambers as your back four. Like I know it's a pipe dream to get Hakimi out of intermittent land, but if they, I'd rather spend forty million on Hakimi than seventy million on Odegaard, because yes, Smith Rowe is injury prone, but if Smith Rowe is fit, I'm happy with him as a ten. I don't feel that yeah. is, I don't feel that is a position of need. You know, and and Lacazette think, can play there as well. Lacazette can play there, and up front, look, Martinelli will probably be a centre be a centre forward in a couple of years. Following Balogun, it looks like he's going to sign a new contract. You're fine. You know, you can sell Eddie Nketiah, you can sell Hector Bellerin, you can sell Anthony Maitland Niles, you can you know you can sell Lucas Torreira, even though Boca Juniors don't want to pay any money for him and he wants to go home. Someone will give money for Matteo Guendouzi because he's going to absolutely kill it in the under twenty one Euros. I, yeah, not so much. We I, benched him because he was so shit. He's captain. <laughs> we can still bench our captains. You should take notes. No, no, captains well, are allowed to be benched. Like yeah, maybe, but like that. But like, wait, Arsenal need Gwendouzi to boss the under twenty one euros because if he does, someone will pay good money for him. Mistakenly, they will mistakenly pay good money for him. But as long as they don't listen to the last five minutes of this podcast, they'd be fine. But they will but that, for Hector Bellerin as well, especially if PSG gets him. Yeah, well, again, PSG just wants someone quick. Mm-hmm. But he would bought... do really well there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it would be a perfect move for him. Like Frank, like if Bellerin's like, look, I've I've had enough of London. I'm a Bohemian. I want to move for the sake of my career. If Arsenal don't get into the Champions League next year, he's like, I'd like a move. I wouldn't blame him. And if mm-hmm. like, like for someone of his lifestyle and for his sense of. You know, furthering himself as an adult. If Paris comes in for him, of course he's going to go. Uh, I'm like, like bye, yeah, Arsenal. But not just in general. I think it would be for good, beneficial for both of you. Yeah, and if they get twenty, twenty-five million for him again, add that, that, add that to the kitty, and suddenly you uh, are easily you at, could get forty for right uh, for right back. Yeah. two knee two knee operations. PSG love to splash money. They do. They've wanted him for three years now. They do. It'd be an interesting. Just as we mock PSG for their splashing of money, we also mock the French fans. Also mock the English, you know, clubs for paying over the top money for yeah average French players. 
Yeah. I mean, Juan Bazaka went for 50 million. Ben Chilwell mm-hmm. went for 50 million. Harry Maguire. But, yeah, he's not worth 80. He's a, he's a, he's a very, he's a, he's a very, very good defender, but he's not worth 80 million. Now, I wouldn't say yeah. before. Like, but yeah, Arsenal need, I would, I would very much hazard to guess that Arsenal are going to wait and see what happens with Odegaard. And then if Odegaard becomes a valuable, the more, the more valuable Odegaard becomes, the less of a chance there is that Arsenal will get him. Just because more clubs will come in and go, hi, we'd like you instead. You know, like getting Champions League football will attract him to us, but it won't attract Real Madrid's wallet. So, Mm-mm. unless they let him stay another year on loan, which would be ideal. He's still a kid. He's yeah, still be... not going to be playing every game for Madrid. Yeah, that'd be perfect. But if Madrid want Mbappe, they need to cash in on him. So it's 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 a tricky one. Like I said, the last couple of games have illustrated Arsenal's issues, Arsenal's strengths, Arsenal's weaknesses. Probably better than ever. They probably still need another left back, another centre back, another your, right back. Your main def- your yeah. main weaknesses has and will always be the defence. Yeah, even though. And that's before we count William Saliba, who is absolutely killing it in these to the surprise. Yeah, of he's one. been sensational. Like so. so if you're gonna sell him, he's gonna go for big money, I assume. Yeah. Like that might that might be literally the one where you go, Oh my god, why is an arsenal picking him? And then someone clever comes in, Oh, you paid thirty million from here's your thirty million back. Mm-hmm. And Arsenal's like, Oh yeah, yeah, we got our money back. Happy days, we don't have to deal with them anymore, as he saunters off into the sunset and you know, becomes one of the best defenders in the world. Like that's that's the fear. But I'm curious to see if he gets picked up by any big clubs this summer. If 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 again France have a good he, yeah because he plays the under twenty one. So if if no he doesn't. Well, he doesn't anymore. No, he hasn't really featured for the youth teams that much because we have players better than him. Believe it or not. Yeah, well, you know, Pamacano, Mukulele. Conde, we, we, we're spoiled. Kunde, we're yeah. literally so spoiled that we screw up for ourselves. Bumas, Bumas our our under-21 team is so good that they left out Maxis Kakeret, who's been bossing it for Lyon. Literally. That's, that should tell you how good it is, and it's arguably much better than the senior team. The only th- credit I would give the Shams is that he didn't fuck up like he did last time when we called up Umtiti, Pogba, and Varane to the meaningless two friendly games for the senior team, which the under-21s needed to win one game to qualify for the World Cup. We didn't. We lost. And then he was like, oops, I shouldn't have called them up. Mm. So this time he went out and publicly said, I'm going to leave all the under-20s available for the under-21s. Yeah. That's how Eddie Boothroyd got sacked. Yeah, I saw that after five years. The the English under-21 coach. Can you blame him? I genuinely thought you were going to reach at least top four, considering how good teams there are in the under-21s. There's some good ones. Denmark, Portugal, France. Denmark is really, really one of the top favorites, but Mm -hmm. England... The amount of insane talents you have, yeah, it's the amount, and of you crashed out. Like, it's it's not it's not that they don't have, like you know, France have an insane amount of high end talent. So do England. So do Portugal. So do you know, a, so do a couple of big other clubs. It's the level below where England is churning out talent, like left, right, mm-hmm. and it's a result of it's like a fabric. 
yeah, it's yeah, it's like it's a result of the big clubs actually putting money into their youth systems and going right. We're going to take all the talent from around our areas that's nine, ten, and eleven instead of sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. And so instead of you know, instead of uh, Phil Foden coming through the ranks at Stockport, Stockport County, he's now coming through the ranks of Manchester City. It's mm-hmm. it's little things like that, and as a result, now like I said, your Mason Mounts, who should be nowhere near the England team, is now getting games. Is now coming through Chelsea's academy, and suddenly he's getting games and he's improving and he's going. You know, he's growing in leaps and bounds. You know, like I said, Smith Rowe and Bukayo Saka coming through the Arsenal academy at the same time is insane. You shouldn't have two players that good coming through your academy. Yes, at the, same. You the last, would the if last, you're only, well, well, if you're Leon, if you're yeah. League One. Yeah. If you're a League One club in general, two is like what? Yeah, this yeah. this generation's flopped. You, last... you you at least least expect ten plus players coming yeah. through. The last the last time Arsenal had anyone, like these are the first two players Arsenal have had that are anywhere close to Jack Wilshere, and Jack Wilshere was mm-hmm. eleven was eleven twelve years ago. Like that's how that's the level we're at with Saka and Smith Rowe right now. And but you need Bal- to invest Balogun. more in the academy. You need to, again, we go back to Leon, but, you know, Aulas realized he cannot compete with the big guns. Not many clubs can and get away with it. What do I do? I start the greatest factory in the world. Let me spit out, literally, I pick up talents from the age of seven. Seven years old. That's, like, literally when you have you know still losing teats left and right yeah but at the age of seven you get to play at the prestigious ol academy and that is what you know a majority of all the clubs in england need to do given how insanely talented your youth teams are right now it's insane that you crashed out literally i was was like yes one down (laughs) three other more to go i even like because we're France is their worst enemy. We could have literally crashed and burned to England had they gone through. And I'm like, okay, one more, one less team to worry about. It's it's even like across like like across the Irish Sea. The Irish under twenty one team is really good, and the Irish under eighteen mm-hmm. team is seriously good. You know, like it's it obviously got Troy Power from Spurs, um, Adamida from Norwich, but you know uh, Norwich's new player Andrew Odubamadeli. Ode, is insane at 18 like like even just because they're training in english academies now like they're getting really good technical basis and that's where arsenal have said over the last couple of years they need to build on but they might be behind that's the key like it's yeah. only now we you know five six years ago when they said look we're going to build british and we go blah 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 they might have been too late you know and it's only now that that work is coming through you know with the likes of saka smith raw etc and yeah, Balogun is going to be next, hopefully. But that's the future, you know. Like that, can you wait on Balogun to come through and save you the hundred million that it would cost you to replace Saka? So, but that's something times. you actually, you know, you have to be patient, given the fact that you can't spend like big guns do. Hmm. You can once in a, you know green moon uh like you did with thomas party which was like and that's not a lot of money if you think of how insanely amount of money goes yeah. to players but it was still a lot for you guys yeah. so maybe academy is the way to go mix it up with 
experienced players and you get a good vibe and like really a mix of great players that will continue to become greater while learning from already great players. Do you think that will help against Fulham on Sunday? Oh a, yeah, no doubt. Pr- a pretty meaningless game, if we were if we were honest. Like it's it's one of those ones where you're like, can we get to the Villarreal game, please? And you know, and bring Unai Emery back to the Emirates, where probably lucky that there isn't going to be a crowd there because the reaction there would certainly be um, mixed. Oh, he would be destroyed. They've lost their last five games. I mean, surely you cannot just. Like I'm, I'm not like, even. I'm not. I'm too scared to say anything because it would such, be such a classic Arsenal. And be like, <laughs> yeah, because they have uh, two Leon players. They have well, Joachim Anderson. He's on loan at Fulham, and then you Fulham signed Kinetete as well. Hmm. Just, just for. And they have former Juve player Mario Lemina as well, and uh, Loftus Cheek on loan. No, they've got they've got a half so... decent team, but they're going down. Like they they left. Yeah, I, I hope they I hope they sign you a Kimanshin because he, apparently he's been really good for them. He's like been the only bright spot, despite the fact that they're being relegated. Yeah, on on Villarreal as well. You know, Emery has won his last nineteen European knockout ties. <sighs> it's like, oh, okay. So how do we solve this issue? <laughs> Like we brought him in to do one job, and that was to win the Europa League, and he did everything he, right except the final. Yeah. And if he'd won and the final, he, he might still be in a job. Do you think so? You don't think he would have been I, sacked? I, or if if Arsenal if Arsenal's still in the Champions League by November, hmm, I I. <sighs> We've seen managers be sacked despite winning. Europa Leagues and Champions it, it, Leagues. It, it would, we, if he'd had Champions League football, he would have had Champions League money to spend on the team, and they might have been able to afford Zaha and Pepe. Yeah, but so, would he have spent the money on them? Oh, oh, oh! Um, Raúl Sanlehi would have spent the money. Oh, that, there's no doubt about that. If there was extra money to have been spent, he would have spent it. So. Yeah. Would have, would have that, would have that, that have made a better team? I've no idea, and it's pure conjecture. But yeah, he, the fact that they didn't have Champions League football and that, and that the football was mock, they just said, "Look, go." But the big question now is, literally, it's the biggest question on everyone's lips: Would you give Lacazette a new contract? <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna kill you. You can answer the way you want to. I might block you for, you know, six months, but no, I'm just joking. I, she's not joking, listener. Um, I would, yeah, but only one year. You don't, I don't think he would accept that. I don't think he'd take it. That's, that's the problem. That, and that's you, the problem. Then you're like, okay, where would Atletico still, still wants him? Like they might take, like Atletico oh. Madrid might take him just for the fact that Luis Suarez is probably off. And they have no one else. Like Dembele no barely plays. Yeah. And I don't think that Dembele is going to, you know, they're going to sign Dembele because they literally haven't given any chance to play. Yeah. So, so it's, yeah, like it, he would be the perfect, he would be frankly the perfect replacement for Luis Suarez in the way they play and the way he plays. He'd be perfect for them. And they have a good team as well. Yeah. 
he would fit in. And he would be close to his best friends, Umtiti, Griezmann, Benzema would be in the, you know, in the area. Yeah, like that. that, That's four more Lyon players reuniting. It's almost too good a fit. Like it's it's almost too for it not to work. So, yeah, I would I would definitely offer him one, but I I wouldn't give him more than a year. Like just out of the fact that he's going to be thirty, and it's like, look, I've got Martinelli and I've got Balogun coming. I but are they ready to take the step now? Because not now, but they might be in a year. But are is Aubameyang the right fit to be there? What it well, basically you, you, coached? It doesn't matter. He's got three years left. Yeah, because you went ahead and you yeah, know, that's the problem. Panic like the, as usual. Like, yes. Like if if Aubameyang wasn't there, I'd offer him a new three year deal, no problem. Be, for the exact reason, he would end up being starter number nine this year, and he'd be. It would be look. Your job is this. We'll give you a new three year deal. You're only going to be here for two of them. You're going to be the number nine for year one. We're going to phase you out year two. And then we're going to sell you for 10 million in year three. And we'll pay you two years wages. That, that'll yeah. be the deal. That would, that would be the ideal scenario. But you can't do that with Aubameyang at the club as well. Because he's basically your, your, your number one striker. Still, because you're paying him like one. So you can't pay two players like to be your star striker when you're only playing one. You just and can't. only one is showing up. Yeah, at the moment anyway. Like it, and it's ha- well, it is, it, it's harsh on Lacazette, but it's not his fault, I don't think. I hope he leaves. I've hoped that for two years now. But that's for selfish reasons. Look, like I said, I he, mean, has, he hasn't been perfect for Arsenal, but you can absolutely make the case that Arsenal have mismanaged his career while he's at the club. You, you buy him as a number nine. You buy him to play with... Mesut Ozil and Alexis Sanchez and he plays with them two and Ramsey. players and Ramsey and he plays with the two the two I've mentioned he plays with them a total of three times and then that's January you bring it after paying 52 million for him six months later you spend another 60 million on another striker even though you always play a system with one striker it's 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 exceptionally poor squad management and none of the fault is his so tell that to everyone else uh, well that's that's why this podcast is here <laughs> so yeah Fulham this Monday before we go predictions it's a win yeah I'm not going to say any score lines I think Lacazette will continue his you know fine goal scoring form but other than that I wonder what the lineup will be like I I'd be the, the 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 schedule is kind to them because they play Monday night, then they play Friday night against Everton, and then they have a six day break before Villarreal on the Thursday. The Premier League for once has been nice to them, so mm-hmm. they don't. I don't think they have to work. Maybe he rests a couple of players just because it's Thursday night away to Sunday lunchtime. So maybe he rest might, Lacazette. He might rest Lacazette and play Enketia just because Arsenal are ninth. You know, he might play. You know. Cedric at left back instead of Xhaka. He might give party. Martinelli is still injured, or could no, he... no. He was on the he was on the bench Thursday, so I'd say he'll play. To be honest, just to give him another yeah. run. Like there's he he has he now has the luxury of being able to rest a couple of players. I think he should take it. You know, yeah. and and that might mean 
being subjected to watching William play left wing again and Pepe on the oh, right. I forgot he exists. Yeah. So, but just to give Saka a rest, maybe Odegaard can get half an hour in if he's fit. You know, give Partey a little bit of a rest. You know, back for you know play. You know, Chambers and Gabriel at centre back and play Bellerin at right back. You know, there's he has options. You know, he he definitely that's has not options. often you can say that about Arsenal. No, no, it's and it's something he should take full advantage of. Lana Dawood, as always, thank you for gracing us with your presence. It's always a pleasure. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. And yeah, that'll be it from us. We'll be back with you next Monday night.